You're listening to the Walking Wise Podcast by Gradient. Daily wisdom from the Proverbs for every day of October 2020. Here's today's episode. Hey everybody, this is Aaron Salvato. I'm your guest on today's podcast and I'll be walking you through Proverbs chapter 20. Here we go. Wine is a mocker. Beer is a brawler. Whoever goes astray because of them is not wise. A king's terrible wrath is like the roaring of a lion. Anyone who provokes him endangers himself. Honor belongs to the person who ends a dispute, but any fool can get himself into a quarrel. The slacker does not plow during planting season. At harvest time, he looks and there is nothing. Counsel in a person's heart is deep water, but a person of understanding draws it out. Many a person proclaims his own loyalty, but who can find a trustworthy person? A righteous person acts with integrity. His children who come after him will be happy. A king sitting on a throne to judge separates out all evil with his eyes. Who can say, I have kept my heart pure. I'm cleansed from my sin. Differing weights and varying measures, both are detestable to the Lord. Even a young man is known by his actions, by whether his behavior is pure and upright. The hearing ear and the seeing eye, the Lord made them both. Don't love sleep or you'll become poor. Open your eyes and you'll have enough to eat. It's worthless, it's worthless, the buyer says, but after he is on his way, he gloats. There is gold and a multitude of jewels, but knowledgeable lips are a rare treasure. Take his garment, for he has put up security for a stranger. Get collateral if it is for foreigners. Food gained by fraud is sweet to a person, but afterward his mouth is full of gravel. Finalize plans with counsel and wage war with sound guidance. The one who reveals secrets is a constant gossip. Avoid someone with a big mouth. Whoever curses his father or mother, his lamp will go out in deep darkness. An inheritance gained prematurely will not be blessed ultimately. Don't say, I will avenge this evil. Wait on the Lord, he will rescue you. Differing weights are detestable to the Lord, and dishonest scales are unfair. Even a courageous person's steps are determined by the Lord. So how can anyone understand his own way? It is a trap for anyone to dedicate something rashly and later to reconsider his vows. A wise king separates out the wicked and drives the threshing wheel over them. The Lord's lamp sheds light on a person's life, searching the innermost parts. Loyalty and faithfulness guard a king. Through loyalty, he maintains his throne. The glory of young men is their strength, and the splendor of old men is gray hair. Lashes and wounds purge away evil, and beatings cleanse the innermost parts. You know, in this proverb, I think we see a very interesting progression. There's a lot of quips in this proverb that seem to be advice on how to be a better person, which is pretty standard for proverbs, right? Think about verse one. Wine is a mocker, beer is a brawler. Whoever is led astray by them is not wise. It's saying, don't get drunk. It'll lead you to unwise behavior. Verse two, don't disrespect the king. You could lose your life doing so. Verse three, stay out of fights. Only fools pick quarrels. Verse four, work hard. If you're lazy, nothing will come of your life. Verse five, knowing what is right is like deep water in the heart and a wise person draws from the well within. 
you know, it's easy for us to listen to this. And when we get to this point, verse five, we can have this self-righteous thought of like, you know, I did it. I, I didn't get drunk. I respected the authorities. I stayed out of fights. I worked hard. Obviously, I know what's right. I'm the wise person who's drawing from their well, the well of my own wisdom. But then we get this juxtaposition in verse six, where it says, many claim to have unfailing love, but a faithful person who can find. And it's like this sucker punch to the soul, right? You think, could he be talking about me? Verse seven, he says, the righteous lead blameless lives and blessed are their children after them. But then in verse nine, he says, who can actually say I've kept my heart pure and I'm clean and without sin? I don't know about you, but as somebody who grew up in church, I found it very easy to read the scripture self-righteously. I'd go down the list of do's and don'ts and I'd think, oh, I haven't done these things. I'm a good person. But the Bible is constantly like a mirror that's holding itself up to our soul and showing us that we're not actually half as good as we think we are. And it makes me think of a famous verse in Romans 3, the apostle Paul, who by all outside appearances was a very good Christian man, wrote these words, Romans 3 verse 9, what shall we conclude then? Do we have any advantage? No, not at all. For we have already made the charge that Jews and Gentiles alike are all under the power of sin. As it is written, there is no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands and no one who seeks God. All have turned away. They have become worthless. There is no one who does good, not even one. Now, if you're wondering who is this guest speaker coming in to read these depressing verses at me, hey, don't get mad at me. This is in the Bible, right? It's a very important concept that we need to drill into our heads over and over again. Yes, the Bible gives us pathways and guidance and advice on how to live the good life. But at the end of the day, we're always going to mess up in some way. We're never going to be able to achieve righteousness. Righteousness means being in right relationship with God. We're never going to be able to achieve it on our own by our own good standard. But don't get bummed out. Don't get depressed. There's always hope. I'm going to read to you some more of Romans chapter three, and I'm going to read the brilliant translation, the message by Eugene Peterson. It's a paraphrase, but I think it does a great job of painting the picture. Towards the end of the section of verses nine through 20, Eugene writes it like this. This makes it clear, doesn't it? That whatever is written in these scriptures is not what God says about others, but to us to whom these scriptures were addressed in the first place. And it's clear enough, isn't it? That we're sinners, every one of us in the same sinking boat with everybody else. Our involvement with God's revelation doesn't put us right with God. What it does is force us to face our complicity in everyone else's sin. This is heavy stuff. It's, it's so easy for us to judge others and to look at the sins of others and to think of all the ways that we haven't committed those sins, but we forget that really any sin puts us in the same sinking boat with everybody else. Peterson goes on in verses 21 through 24, but in our time, something new has been added. What Moses and the prophets witnessed to all of those years has happened the God setting things right that we read about has become Jesus setting things right for us. And not only for us, but for everyone who believes in him. For there is no difference between us and them in this. 
since we've compiled this long and sorry record as sinners, both us and them, and proved that we are utterly incapable of living the glorious life God wills for us, God did it for us. Out of sheer generosity, he put us in right standing with himself, a pure gift. He got us out of the mess we're in and restored us to where he always wanted us to be. And he did it by means of Jesus Christ. God sacrificed Jesus on the altar of the world to clear the world of sin. Having faith in him sets us in the clear. God decided on this course of action in full view of the public to set the world in the clear with himself through the sacrifice of Jesus, finally taking care of the sins he had so patiently endured. This is not only clear, but it's now. This is current history. God sets things right. He also makes it possible for us to live in his righteousness. What we've learned is this. God does not respond to what we do. We respond to what God does. We finally figured it out. Our lives get in step with God and all others by letting him set the pace, not by proudly or anxiously trying to run the parade. God sets right all who welcome his action and enter into it, both those who follow our religious system and those who have never heard of our religion. By shifting our focus from what we do to what God does, don't we cancel out all our careful keeping of the rules and ways God commanded? No, not at all. By putting that entire way of life in its proper place, we confirm it. So, so good here. Amazing stuff from Paul. If I can leave you with anything today, it would be this. If you are struggling as a Christian to follow the rules and do all the right things, you may have moments of excellence, but you're going to be very discouraged when you stumble. And self-righteously judging other people and comparing yourself to them is only going to leave you in a world of hurt. You must realize your weakness. You must face your own darkness. You must be willing to admit that you are a sinner and you must be willing to admit this often because when you do, you open yourself up to learn from Jesus about how much he is willing to reach into your brokenness and fix what's broken, to pull you up out of the darkness into the light. The reality is he's already won the war. That's written in stone. He's asking you to participate in the battle and he is there to fight alongside you and fight for you and defend you through every fiery trial of the enemy. Once we switch to this mindset that Jesus has already won the battle and that our rule keeping is not what saves us, once we're willing to admit that we are not righteous no matter how hard we try, we're able to accept that our faith has less to do with what we do and much more to do with what God has already done for us. And it causes us to seek to do the right thing, not because we're trying to earn God's favor, not because we're trying to earn our way into his family. No, we realize I'm already a part of this family and I love him and he loves me. And that's why I don't want to sin. That's why I don't want to fail him. That's why I want to do good. That's why I want to bless him. That's why I want to bless others. It's not because I'm trying to earn love. It's because I already have it. I'm not fighting for victory, I'm fighting from victory. It's extremely important that we get this right. And I love that all throughout the Bible, whether it's the Old Testament or the New Testament, 
whether it's the gospels or whether it's Proverbs, God is always pointing us to the standard of righteousness and then reminding us over and over again that we can't actually keep it. And that's not an excuse to give up and just say, oh, I'll go sin because nothing matters. No, it's an invitation to invite Jesus into your brokenness and allow him to repair the damage that's been done and lead you into a life of not striving to be perfect, but a life of walking with the perfect one. Thanks for listening. I'm praying for you all. God bless you. And we'll see you on the next episode. Thanks for listening. If you were encouraged by what you heard today, let us know by messaging us on our Instagram, gradient.ya. Hope to catch you tomorrow for our next episode of Walking Wise.